0: Oh boy, it's great to be back uh doing another episode of this show. I'm so excited. Hi everybody. This is John.
1: And I am Mighty John. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm Mighty John. I got the John powers from the podcasting gods, and now I'm Mighty John. But
0: but no, you're Veronica. You can't be John. I'm I'm John.
1: John is just a title, John. You are a John, and I'm a mighty John.
0: Is that true? I thought John was my name this whole time. I don't think you have a name. Well, no, my name is John Russun. My dad's (laughs) name is Russ. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. You know, four years of studying Norse mythology in college really uh, led me that. Thank God I got that degree.
1: <laughs> R- Russen.
0: <laughs> in case anyone's curious, uh, that was uh, a joke. I, I did not study Norse mythology. So in case you were really excited to hear this movie dissected by a real Viking head... A real Valhalla-head. Valhalla-hand? A real valhalla head. Val- no.
1: Valhalla-han. You...
0: A real valhalla hand. <laughs> That's my Viking-themed Irish pub that I opened. Valhallahans.
1: It should be, like, there should be a Golden Girls in Valhalla, and there should be a Rue Valhalla-hand.
0: <laughs> I, I actually believe all the Golden Girls are currently in Valhalla because they all died in battle.
1: Yeah, they rode Victorious (laughs) 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 on the the roads of Valhalla.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I'm John.
1: And I'm the mighty Veronica.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to Box Office Time Machine, the show where we talk about the number one movie at the box office from either (laughs) this (laughs) weekend or a weekend from the past. But don't worry, all you you youngsters who hate the past, we're sticking to the present of twenty twenty two today to talk Ooh. about what Veronica.
1: Uh, we're talking about a uh, Thor colon love ampersand a uh, thunder.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, that's how it's pronounced <laughs> in the movie. They say the ampersand out loud, but you know. <laughs> Would be goo- a goofy thing to do in tone with this. V- it would be totally fitting in this very goofy, silly movie that opens with a young girl slowly starving to death. You know, like a silly comedy.
1: Yeah, like a fun, free-willing adventure with zero consequences.
0: <laughs> uh, just a just a goofball up. About a woman dying of cancer. for <laughs> Love and Thunder. <laughs> Veronica, I'm just going to get out in front of it. I'm going to say it right now. I didn't like this movie.
1: Oh, wow. I feel like I might be the most positive person uh, like about this movie out of everyone I spoke to. And that's pretty <laughs> Like even, you like, talked a... to
0: Taika Waititi. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's true. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, it's not one of my best. <laughs> no, I like maybe, I think I definitely like this. A lot less than Ragnarok Mm. but I still enjoyed it I feel like I and I guess we'll get to all like the problems with the movie which I don't disagree with but I feel like these are problems I have with most Marvel movies so the fact that at least this was mostly fun outside of it was fine by me
0: sure well Okay. I, and maybe when I say I didn't like it, that's, that's maybe a, a bit of an exaggeration because there were parts of it I liked quite a bit. There were, mm-hmm. uh, jokes that I liked, which is good because it's nonstop jokes. Um, <laughs> and I would say not enough of them hit, but some yeah. of them really do. Some of them I really enjoyed. Um, and I will also say that. Uh, uh, this is not as boring as a lot of uh, recent Marvel product. I was not bored. Well, I was a little bored (laughs) in the middle. (laughs) But but overall, my problem with this movie is that just tonally, this is a mess. And it's also clearly, there have been a lot of interviews with people involved in the film saying that the original cut of this movie was four hours long. And, you know, whatever. People say that all the time. Right. but who oh boy this feels like a movie that was hacked to pieces as they desperately tried to turn it into something in the editing room i yeah. the first act of this movie is so rushed that it feels like a mad magazine parody of itself where they just <laughs> jump from from moment to moment, and the character will just say the exposition, then someone will say a joke and they'll jump to the next exposition because they do not have time for anything. And then the end no. of this movie has some emotional stuff that I'm watching it and I'm like, this would work if the rest of the movie, if this was the ending to a movie that actually set any of this up.
1: Right. Yeah, I usually, I think we discussed this before, where, like, with Marvel, I don't try to sort of judge... Like arcs and like be critiquing like character arcs because I feel like it's sometimes like futile to do. But with this You're one, there for I was the world like, building. yes, yes, yes. I-, I love the special effects.
0: You're there <laughs> and- <laughs> for the fidelity to the comic source material,
1: <laughs> of course. No, but with this one, the ending for this one, I was like, where did this come from? Like, I don't know. Yeah, we we should maybe. Do you want to kind of set up the story as much as there is one's? Sure. Or let me spend an, who... Let
0: me spend an hour setting up where <laughs> we are the Thor story so far. Uh no. I, I um from the uh the last we've seen of Thor, Thor is now hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um however, uh despite the fact that the past two times we've seen him, uh I guess in Thor Ragnarok and Endgame, uh Also, he was in Infinity War, obviously. But um in those things, those were all about him losing his mojo because so many people he's loved, he's lost, and then regaining his mojo. We open here, mojo still gone. Thor, still very sad. Um And he's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. However, they are tired of him. Fair enough. And he departs back when he hears from Sif, a character who, if you have watched these Thor movies very carefully, has been there a few times. Uh, Sip is there to say that a bunch of gods are being killed, and at New Asgard is in danger. New Asgard is where all of Thor's clansmen have moved after Asgard the planet was destroyed. Uh, it's now a tourist village somewhere on Earth. Um, there's a lot that's important about what has happened to new asgard it is sped through we don't really get to see it <laughs> um, uh tessa thompson is there um i'm sure she had a storyline at some point in this movie it's not I in the current version so. <laughs> yeah um but anyway uh they are being attacked by shadow beasts uh but there is a new thor who is there to protect them and this thor is Jane, Jane Foster, the doctor. Natalie
1: Thordman.
0: Na- Natalie Thor- <laughs> Thordman. Um, <laughs> Thor's former girlfriend, uh, who has now the power of Thor and also is dying of cancer. And, uh, then all the kids in New Asgard get kidnapped by the vicious villain played by Christian Bale. And so that's our setup. That's, that's the, the thrust of this movie. I will say, um, there are two movies. There are two <laughs> movies in this movie. One of these movies is about a ma- a, a a pious man of religious faith who uh who's light who's ba- it's basically uh, the character of Gore the God Butcher is who uh, Christian Bale <laughs> plays the villain and he's basically if uh, if Job got revenge, um <laughs> so he is a pious Not the one
1: from Arrested Development. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. He's pla- <laughs>
0: Christian Bale is playing Will Arnett, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Gore is a character. Basically, he was a faithful man, but then the gods left, his, let his family die. That's that young girl starving to death moment I mentioned earlier. The prologue to the film, um, <sighs> uh, uh, which is fine. Everything was Christian Bale. He's he's playing the pathos of this character, uh, and that's one movie. He is a character whose family uh, family died. And he got powers from a magic sword. And now he is getting revenge not only on his god, but every god. And he is traveling the cosmos, murdering every god in existence. Meanwhile, a woman is dying of cancer. But then, through magic, she gets the power to be a superhero. However, uh, being a superhero drains her life. And she has to decide end-of-life decisions. Does she want to spend her last days as a superhero, or give chemo one more try. That's one movie. Those two stories thematically seem to connect. Uh, anger at your situation, fighting back about your situation, sure. Then on the other hand, Thor's being goofy. He's goofing (laughs) it up, and he's a real silly man. That's another movie? I think both of these movies would be good. I think combined, these are not good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think like tonally actually this could work but none of these things have middles
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's just I don't mind I would not want to watch a dower like, Job on a revenge spree movie with, like, a humorless, like, Christian Bale thing, who I, I again, I think was good, but that would be a lot. Nor would I want to watch, like, Natalie Portman really struggle with cancer while being Thor. I don't... But... So I feel like the jokes are good, but it's just, like... N- we don't know anything about... I mean, I guess we know more about Natalie Portman from previous movies. But, like, I don't know anything about gore. He literally, (laughs) there's, like... There's three or four scenes with him. We don't even know why he is so intimidating. Like, there's the first scene where he kills the uh, the god. The second scene where he's not even in where his henchmen are menacing, like, this whatever future city they're in with the guardians. Then in, like, the third scene, he's sort of there. But, like, why not have him be... Like, why not have him come after all the gods with Russell Crowe? Like, all that stuff. Like, show me why he is so scary. Hold like, the
0: phone. Veronica, are you saying that our villain of the movie, the God Butcher, uh, should be shown on screen butchering gods? As yes. opposed to having characters constantly be like, guys, somewhere off screen, gorgeous just killed some gods.
1: Like, show me why he is so scary. And- And just, like, the normal, like, setup of what he wants to do, I don't know if that is, like, uh, if you caught that, I'm sure you did, but, like, Russell Crowe is the one who's, like, sets up the thing. Is like, don't worry, he doesn't want to go to that portal in the center of the Earth. And I was like, what is he talking about? That was not set up earlier at all. And that was just, like, a thing that they had to have Russell Crowe do an exposition for? Like, why... I don't know. Like, just some of these things don't make a lot of sense. They just like they need the beats. I know that like a lot of places they said that oh Disney mandated that this movie be under two hours. Uh, I don't know if that is the case, but I don't understand why they would. They have a ton of movies over two hours. Yeah, that allow I don't your movie at to all. breathe and make sense. I just I don't know. Like, there's so many things where just feels unfinished and rushed and we're supposed to assume that Even sometimes we're supposed to assume exposition has happened because they go to the next scene and you're supposed to know, like, why we're there. And I mean, yeah, the fact that like Tessa Thompson has nothing to do is so infuriating because I really, really (laughs) like her. And like the montage at the beginning of her being a mayor of New Asgard is very cute and fun. And it seems like she's actually good at doing it, even though she doesn't like it. That's kind of a fun conflict. Like I would love to just see like New Asgard bureaucracy. Like, she still seems to have a drinking problem. That gets glossed over, like, entirely. I don't know, it's just... uh, Yeah, all that stuff is frustrating. (laughs) But I feel like that with most Marvel movies, again, which is why I'm, like, not as angry at this movie as a lot of people seem to be, I guess.
0: I'm not angry, bro. I'm actually laughing. I'm laughing, bro. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I like, um... The Tessa Thompson Asgard stuff, I think, is really indicative. Uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, her Valkyrie character spends a lot of time in this movie just wearing, um, uh, hip, like, band sweatshirts. Uh, <laughs> like, and part of that is a fun character choice, but there's also a part of me that's like, is that just what Tessa Thompson wore to set that day because there was no <laughs> script and she didn't know what she was doing? Um, no one
1: cared enough to be like, hey, you, we have a costume for you.
0: So <laughs> I mean, like I mentioned that the, the Asgard, the current situation of new Asgard should be incredibly important to this movie because the ticking talk of this film, the ticking time clock uh, uh, countdown of this movie is that. <laughs> the all choo-choo the,
1: train of this film.
0: <laughs> the, the choo-choo train of this movie um, is that. The children of Asgard have been captured. Uh you could compare it to uh uh the Old Testament. Or, perhaps more apt, Batman Returns when all the children <laughs> of uh, uh Gotham get uh, kidnapped. But we don't set up those kids at all. They have to have a scene later where they're like, we're actually not all Asgardians. Because a lot of it is just poorly set up. We rush through the new uh uh normal of new Asgard. But then we waste five minutes on a silly cameo from Matt Damon and Sam Neill oh, can, and Chris Hemsworth. I like that. Well, I liked the one funny joke that Melissa McCarthy has a cameo in this. She's in the play that they're putting on in New Asgard. And even in that, she found a role for her husband.
1: <laughs> I know, who you only see in a super wide shot. So like, if you're not looking for him, you're like...
0: <laughs> Either his line got cut, or this is a meta joke about how he's in everything she does. I'm going to interpret it as the latter. It's definitely the former, but the latter's much funnier. <laughs> um i'm going to imagine think... that this is actually melissa mccarthy in the play in new asgard <laughs> and so she talked to king valkyrie and said i'll do this play but you got to give a role to my husband."
1: <laughs> i wanted to tweet something but i don't know if it's too mean i was like so say it in I... our podcast yeah, that like true love is Melissa, Melissa McCarthy doing all of her husband's shitty movies. <laughs> she isn't so many of his projects and they all keep tanking and they all seem to be really bad, but she keeps doing them for love. And I think that's very romantic, though probably detrimental to her career. <laughs>
0: On the on the same day today, when we see a movie trailer for Rob Zombie's *Monsters* with another role for his wife, you know, it is very sweet when people give give uh uh work work always work with their spouses, even if it does not necessarily benefit either's career. Um, it is romantic. I will
1: say about the Mad Damon thing. Why do you not have him back at the end? There had to have been a third scene. Like there are like two scenes with these people and you have to bring him back at the end when they like redo this story. Well, like should- That's like an obvious thing.
0: You shouldn't have a second scene. Well, we already have a fucking frame story where Korg, Taika Waititi's self-insert character, narrates (sighs) the action of the previous movie. And then we have a play where they reenact the action of the previous movie. And this is just bad, bad timing. Like, I, it may have sounded earlier that my problem with this movie was the different tones. I love when different tones come together. But they it's just not executed well. And part of it is like you said, the, the amount of time is not given to things to make them work. And you said that this is the case in a lot of Marvel movies. But like a lot of times when we talk about these movies, I will point to the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Where. Not a fan. <laughs> I, that may be true. And, <clears throat> and those movies have some very dark stuff in them. Uh. <coughs> excuse me <John's>
1: i'm again
0: <laughs> i'm getting over covid give me a break um, oh no uh but uh, um uh, those se- those movies have a lot of dark stuff including a parent dying of cancer just the way we have a weird flashback where jane foster sees her mom die of cancer and guess what i felt much more for uh um Chris Pratt's character's mom dying of cancer in the very first scene of Guardians of the Galaxy 1, even though I had not met his character before, certainly hadn't met her, but it is just given the weight that it needs. And this movie does not have time to give any of these things weight because it is jumping back and forth. So when we rapidly switch tones from scene to scene, when we rapidly switch from Christian Bale screaming while, while, you know, cradling the corpse of his eight-year-old daughter in his hands to Thor fighting owl monsters. Like, it's, it's just, it just doesn't work the way it should. Uh, uh hmm I, I think you're right. I think you're right that it is a problem of pacing and of speed in the beginning of this movie, and it trying to do too much, much more than it is a problem of it having discordant tones. Because they could have meshed if uh, the proper amount of time was given to each part.
1: Also, like, I'm gonna be Veronica, uh, hirovsky uh... The Mighty uh, <laughs> Blog. No, I'm going to be a Veronica Yarovsky story arc cop here. <laughs> but, uh, like, what is Thor's arc that leads him at the end of this movie wanting to be a caretaker for a random child of a man who kind of led to his. The love of his life
0: dying. Well, you see, it, Veronica, the arc is that that's Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter in real life, and he wanted to be in a movie with her.
1: Cool. <laughs> 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 that does not satisfy me. Maybe I'm an old curmudgeon, but when they introduce like all the like the cutesy end sequence when they're being so father and daughter and cutesy together, I was like, where is this coming from? This is this is so unearned. It just felt so pandering and I don't know, just I mean, the introduction of precocious children in most movies annoys me, but this one just felt very unearned and unnatural and felt like it came out of nowhere
0: well you you hate children you're famous for pushing them down in the street. I do
1: yeah and i and i tried to eat them in my uh cabin made out
0: of candy yeah. and you <laughs> yes yes yeah I, I, i'm so glad you you've uh, uh recovered from your burns uh burn wounds after that uh boy pushed you into the oven
1: yeah, I mean, it was a good one, but I have good health insurance, you yeah. know.
0: Well, that, so, that's on you. When someone gives you a chicken bone, you should know that that's not their bony leg.
1: That's true. The irony is that I don't like chicken at all. I just got too greedy.
0: <laughs> uh, well, let's Hansel and get back to the conversation I had Sold. <laughs> I don't know. Let's cancel
1: um, and Gretel this conversation. Uh,
0: but like, so there's an, another problem where there are moments that I that should work. I I loved his battle with the owl people. What a great visual! Um, but a lot of the great movies moments in this movie are things that previous recent superhero movies have done better. At the end of this movie, spoilers if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh at the end of this movie um Thor shares his power with all of the children and they all fight uh go- fight gore's shadow monsters together. That is the ending of Shazam. The Zachary <laughs> Levi movie from a few years ago.
1: And Buffy the Vampire. Well, yeah, I I I heard a lot of
0: people (laughs) comparing it to Buffy. But I think much more Shazam because he's talking to them. We see them, you know, go across and then they all fight uh, monsters together. And I won't, uh, you know, I guess I'm kind of spoiling Shazam, but I won't do it anymore. You should
1: listen to our podcast about (laughs) it.
0: All to say is that ending works so well because we know the characters that he that Shazam is sharing his power with and the fact that yeah. he is sharing his powers with those characters is not just a cool moment it is the culmination of his arc in that film um mm-hmm. so that 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 part's great then we have in this movie we have Korg narrating, like, restarting over the story and narrating multiple times, each time from the perspective of a different main character. Does that sound familiar? Yes. It's the narration uh, framework uh, uh, thing that they do in Into the Spider-Verse. The, uh, I'm only going to say this one more time thing. They just do that Mm -hmm. here. And guess what? It made sense in Into the Spider-Verse because... That, the idea was all of those characters thought themselves the main character of their own story. So it fit that story. I mentioned before that the deathbed scene with the mother dying of cancer, which we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. These, uh, these are tropey movies. You're going to see the same things over and over again. But in each one of those examples, the, this movie falls flat. It doesn't do what makes those moments work. And I'll give you another comparison to be much nicer to Taiko Waititi. I'll compare this movie to Thor Ragnarok. I don't think Thor <laughs> Ragnarok's a perfect movie, but it is a much better movie than this. Thor Ragnarok is definitely in the, you know, uh, the top 15 top
1: something. or whatever the <laughs>
0: MCU. And I would say this one is very much near the bottom. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, Thor Ragnarok is probably in the top five of the MCU movies that I've seen. And this one, yeah, it's definitely lower. It's disappointing for sure. That is just like, it feels like all the pieces were probably there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they kind of left them in the editing room. And it's kind of disappointing that they felt like this was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know. That's kind of a bummer, because I feel like it does a disservice to all the people who I'm sure worked very hard on it. Like, I can't imagine Tessa Thompson being like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> like, I, I'm glad that this is, like, what I got to do in this movie. Well, I'm sh- Or even Christian Bale, who's probably, like, was super method about something or other <laughs> for a lot longer than we got to see. And... Yeah. And, and also it just feels like a lot of the comedy is kind of a a retread of the previous movie in some, in many ways. Like, as you said, like, who has like, that has also done it better. For example, the whole like Russell Crowe thing is basically the Jeff Goldblum thing from the previous movie, right?
0: Absolutely. But
1: it, And it's kind of diminishing returns. We're going to have a surprise cameo. And, you know, that's going to be super fun. I don't know. It just... Yeah, it just felt like also the ratio of jokes was not as high. I felt like Thor Ragnarok had so many good jokes. And this one had a few that still worked. But a few that, like... I mean, God beat to death. Like, the whole mm. thing with the screaming goats, it was, like, <laughs> cute at first, and then by the end of it, it was just like, okay,
0: but I, it's fine. I would say I they <laughs> misjudged uh, how appealing those screaming goats were. But hey, you know, yeah. I'm not a child. Maybe it worked better for children. And, you know, you, you say Tessa Thompson was probably upset. I'm sure she and Chris Hemsworth were just sitting around on set saying, hey, at least it's not Men in Black <laughs> International. <laughs>
1: Um, True, but I mean, uh, uh, how? What do you think about the incor the intense incorporation of Guns and Roses in this movie?
0: Fine, but like, meaningless.
1: It felt I. I thought some of it worked really well, but I'm a big fan of Guns N' Roses. So I was kind of excited about this. But, and then, I don't know, the November rain thing was pretty sad. Like that scene was so underwhelming. I think for the reasons that I don't even you remember which
0: scene it was.
1: That is the scene wh- when he gives all the power to the kids okay, yeah. and they're battling it out, and he's battling it out with uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I saw a test screening of Kick-Ass, where they set the final climax of that movie to November Rain, and it worked so much better than this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I just felt very disappointed, even though it was like placeholder music there, and it was not even intentional for them to keep it there. And here it just kind of felt like placeholder music for something that might have worked better.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so there have been, ton- like, well, you got gotten word that the original movie was four hours long. There are a ton of actors who were cut out of it. Uh, I know Lena Headey was originally in this, and then there were others. Um Ooh. I... Now, because I'm L.A. John, and I live in Hollywood... Um, oh, I I have friends I don't know this woman uh, or man. Uh, I have friends who oh, know boy. someone who plays a small role in this movie and they had heard uh that it was just like being made up on the fly. And it's just wow. like that's that's just what it feels like. And you mentioned like what is Thor's story arc? It's I don't know. Make but it's there's so much there like the storyline with Jane Thor is a yeah. god. He is a god who cannot, he's a god who saves everyone. He is the most powerful superhero. He saves everyone. It should be some version of the Superman can't save his dad from a heart attack story. Thor can't save Jane yeah. from the cancer in her body. And it's not his choice, it's her choice how to spend the last the last of her days. And that Fits with a character who's raging against the gods. You know? Like, why, mm-hmm. why wasn't that the whole storyline? Maybe, maybe the story have Thor find out she has cancer at the beginning, says, I have, to, I can save her, and maybe he's the one that gives her the hammer, but then later they find out that the hammer's also killing her, which we, I don't, is a weird, Yeah,
1: that also did not, at the beginning, I think only in the last third of this movie do we learn that Jane is actually being harmed by these powers. There was no indication of that at all until it was convenient for her to be that way. Even though it would have been, I feel like, way more interesting for us to be... In dread of, like, how she's doing these feats of strength, yet it is killing her inside. But we're not seeing any of that until, kind of, the end of the movie, yeah. which is Th- that's, not as dramatically strong. That's
0: an interesting story that would give everyone a lot of things to do. And as proven by the end of this movie, where the actors are, you know, doing their best in scenes that would have worked if they had been better set up, I think the problem is... so. Both the whole, the uh, the Mighty Thor, Jane Foster as Cancer storyline and the Gore storyline are both from comics, but they are separate storylines. That's fine. I think thematically you could tie them together. But both of those storylines took place over years. <laughs> like Mighty Thor was introduced and wasn't it wasn't revealed that she was uh, Jane Foster for like years, which you can't really do on screen. Like it's clearly Natalie Portman. But... <laughs> But I, I just think like, okay, Taika Waititi, uh, re, uh, uh, re-energize the Thor franchise by making them comedies. Awesome, awesome. Everyone liked Thor Ragnarok. Great. Make another goofy Thor, co- Thor comedy. Okay, what Thor storylines are you gonna take for your comedy? Oh, how about uh, uh, the dude whose family dies so he wages war of revenge on all gods? And then we'll also do the storyline about a beloved character slowly dying of cancer.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it was one of those things where he was obviously signed on for another movie after, or probably even before he, like Thor Ragnarok came out. And then. Natalie Portman kind of agreed to come back, and they needed a meteor story for her, but it's just Taika Waititi's tone is such that it would be very jokey, and Natalie Portman kind of needed—that was, like, the best story that they thought that they could come up with for Jane— and it just seemed like there might have been a mismatch. Well, that is, I don't know.
0: That's the most famous uh, storyline with that character in recent years, and I think yeah. I think Natalie Portman probably w- like heard about that storyline and probably said, "I'll come back if I get to do that storyline." Because as an actor, why like <laughs> do you what do you want to be the she's girl- an
1: Academy fr- Award winner? Yeah,
0: do you want to <laughs> do the storyline of girlfriend or the storyline of you get to be a superhero? You're dying of cancer, and you have to choose you know yada 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 like that's a role but like and it's of not course. like it's not like you can't make comedies about cancer fifty fifty was a well regarded movie from down ten years ago or whatever, and that's a silly comedy <laughs> with jokes about balls and stuff, but it's also right. you know when it needs to get serious, it gets serious, and I just I don't know if In the editing room, when they had this unwieldy four hour cut, if they just cut out the wrong stuff. I don't know if there (laughs) is a version of this movie somewhere that works, or if it was just a mess from the beginning, but unfortunately, the final product is a mess.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it. I wonder how much of the jokes were sort of, you know, Taiko Waititi refusing to kind of kill his darlings and him just being like, I like these jokes. And so since they had a limited running time, that like coherence of plot got sacrificed for the sake of there being mm-hmm. more jokes. I don't know. I truly, because I feel like, I don't know, give this movie 30 more minutes and... I feel like it, they could set everything up emotionally in a way that works, but it's just yeah, it's not there.
0: Would you describe um, Korg as one of the darlings he should have killed?
1: I kinda like Korg. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Korg bash. And I like his ending. I did not I, I like that he's a gay gentleman. That's also nice. Well, and-
0: I I am very <laughs> curious. First off, I don't know that you'd really consider him gay because it seems like there's only men in his.
1: Yeah, I guess he's monogender or something like that. I don't know.
0: When this movie was originally announced, the plot was Valkyrie looks for her queen.
1: Oh, why didn't they do that? That would have been. I don't
0: know. And I wonder when they cut all that out. They were like, I don't know if they ever filmed it, but I wonder if they were like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, we promised. (laughs) <laughs> like a real uh lgbt whoop alarm sorry <sighs> i've got to go to dinner later i wonder if they're like oops Ooh. we promised uh uh this you know lgbt uh, uh qia storyline and we're not doing it okay make the rock man gay <laughs> like that seems like the yeah. kind of dumb dumb grasps at diversity that uh uh marvel has been doing in the past few years
1: i can't imagine them also having that valkyrie line in this movie i'm sure this it was an iteration of like a screenplay wait what but line that plot line oh, of her looking line. for a queen yeah oh yeah there's absolutely
0: uh, no room for it here
1: <laughs> yeah but I think that would have also been interesting. Maybe, like, if they do another one, they do that. Because Tessa Thompson was so short-changed in this movie. Here,
0: how about th- this? Here's the movie. This The opening of the movie. Thor gets called back to New Asgard, and he discovers that, uh, uh, because Valkyrie, due to Asgardian rules, Valkyrie as king needs to have a queen. It's the Santa Claus too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he gets called back... And then we get funny stuff with, like, Thor as wingman to Valkyrie. Lots of fun stuff there. And then, oh, she wants a powerful woman. But did you hear? There's this new powerful woman. And then we get the introduction of the mighty Thor. And then, like, that happens really early. And uh, Thor's so excited to see Jane Foster. And then we get the cancer thing, like, at the end of Act 1. I don't know, just something... (coughs) There's just not time for what we have. This movie should have been about their relationship and this eventually this choice she has to make. And that's just Mm -hmm. not what this movie, for the most part, is about. Until the end, when they're like, this movie's about the emotional stuff, actually. (laughs) But I mean, like, clearly so much is edited edited down. There's one scene where um, they're in a room... And uh, they're at New Asgard talking about how to save the children. And there's Thor is giving a speech and there's like squeaky noises of someone writing on a chalkboard. And then they're like, oh, Meep is taking the minutes. um, And we see Meep, an alien who's taking the minutes. Clearly, that's supposed to be a callback to a joke where we are introduced to Meep. Earlier in the movie, we are not. This is just an alien lizard drawing on a chalkboard, and it's just shit like that. Where you're like, how? How did all this money? Ugh, whatever. Uh, look, I'll say, <laughs> if I had to choose a, a recent Marvel movie, because I've been down on the recent MCU stuff, I would rewatch this before I rewatch Shang Chi. but god. I'd maybe rewatch The Eternals before I rewatch this.
1: Wow. So, what would you say? So, we are now in phase, what, four of Marvel? <laughs> I'm curious. So, this phase started after Endgame?
0: Yeah, I guess. And then, of course, uh, with what, the pandemic, things got weird.
1: Uh, I'm curious what other movies even came out there. I think it's. I, I,
0: Uh, After Endgame, I think the first one would be Spider-Man Far From Home.
1: Okay, so yeah, so it's Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, I guess they consider
0: Far From Home technically the last movie of phase three or something. Who knows? It's all bullshit.
1: (laughs) Why am I I even engaging with this stuff?
0: (laughs) Uh, I I, I was genuinely curious that this was the line of conversation you wanted to go down.
1: I'm just curious what, because all of the recent Marvel movies post Endgame have been so underwhelming to me, but it also felt like there's been between two and 20 of them at this point, and I wasn't sure what was even here. So I guess like plus
0: all the TV shows.
1: I will say I liked Black Widow the most. Oof, <laughs> I
0: don't okay, gosh. Um, <laughs> Black I like Widow... I like No Way Home, but I don't respect No Way Home. <laughs> I like No Way Home the same way I like a really good meal at McDonald's. Um, I know it's not <laughs> good for me, and I know it just tastes good in the cheapest way possible, but. I still, you know, the nostalgia bullshit got me. I don't think it's a good movie, but it still in- entertained me with its nostalgia. So I guess I mm. put that at the top of the recent Marvel movies. Um, yeah. didn't like Shang-Chi, didn't like Black Widow, didn't like The Eternals, didn't like this.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, hold on. Was there something do else? We... Am I missing
0: something? Oh, uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange too. I like Doctor Strange too. Just, just give Sam Raimi mo- mo- money. Who gives a shit about everything else? Fuck all of this. Just give Sam Raimi money.
1: Yeah, but his movies are gonna make as much sense as we saw. <laughs> like, but they're fun I- I to enjoy watch. I enjoyed Doctor Strange. <laughs> they're fun to watch, but they make as much sense. Did you? Uh, did you? Wh- would you we... say you
0: enjoyed oh. this movie equally to Doctor Strange 2?
1: Um. I think this was shorter. <laughs> I definitely, I felt, the, I, I said in that podcast that two of my favorite scenes in the entirety of the MCU history were in Doctor Strange, uh, like, into the multiverse. I really enjoyed it in certain scenes, and in other scenes, I felt utterly confused and bewildered. What scenes and were I the like two?
0: I, I, I haven't listened to our was, own episode recently. <laughs> uh,
1: was it the music it fight? The mu- it was the music fight, and it was the zombie fight. Okay, yeah. And I also think like the "fuck you" to the like the fan service was kind of funny. Uh, so that was like a close third, but I would not say that's like an all-time classic. Whereas like here, I feel like nothing ascended to that level. But I feel like on average, it was probably better in terms of my my enjoyment of that movie than Doctor Strange. I guess. What?
0: Okay, we both agree that we love the fan service of Doctor Strange 2. I'm done. Fuck Thor whatever. I don't feel like talking about it anymore. <laughs> we both loved the fan service of uh, Doctor Strange 2 where they introduce all the most bore, like all these boring <laughs> Marvel characters that dumb fans want, like John Krasinski playing Mr. Fantastic. If that's a thing you want, look deep within yourself. <laughs> you, you, you don't really, you're wrong. Your opinion is wrong. I know opinions can't be wrong, but that opinion is wrong. It's a bad opinion. Um, But But
1: that's just John's opinion.
0: (laughs) But it's a right opinion. Um, So they introduce all those things and kill them horribly. How could you have made the fan service of Spider-Man No Way Home that gleefully mean? Do you think uh, uh, maybe Tobey Maguire appears and then just beats Tom Holland to death?
1: I have no idea what the fan service was since I've not uh, seen Spider-Man. You're a noted the film. hater of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I gathered through context clues that all the Spider-Men reunited. They uh, did. It was yeah.
0: cute. I I'm sound the, the every other Marvel movie has made me so cynical that I refuse to even give them Oh, also the bullshit when Marvel fans actually wanted No Way Home to be nominated for best picture. Guys, Guys, I know the Oscars are bullshit, but we don't want it to be that bullshit.
1: I mean, I feel like ever since The Dark Knight was snubbed, like uh, comic book fans have allowed themselves to hope that their movie could potentially be a contender for an Oscar. Cause I feel like that was never in conversation before the dark Knight happened. And now it seems like a legitimate thing to be disappointed by, even though it's silly. Why
0: don't they do the same thing uh, with superhero movies that they did with uh, animation where beauty of the beast gets nominated for <laughs> best picture first animated movie to get nominated for best picture. And it seems like we got the Disney Renaissance and we're like, okay. Okay, an animated movie's going to uh, win Best Picture. And then the Oscars are like, well, we don't want that to happen. You know what? Separate category. Animation category. <laughs> Why don't they just yes. make a Best Superhero Movie category? And all the little fanboys and fangirls can sit around and watch No Way Home duke it out with Black Widow, which is the more <laughs> thematically complex film. <laughs>
1: I mean, obviously we know the Zack Schneider cut is going to get it every year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You mean the fan favorite moment? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to stop right now. We're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about the greatest moment in cinema history. (laughs) The fan cheeriest moment where the Flash entered the Flash Force. Or the Speed Force. I feel like...
1: It was so funny and bizarre (laughs) then. That movie or that moment is not aided by the recent revelations of like (laughs) Ezra Miller. It's just so funny. And also the fact that Like, that aside, there was another one of these, which was, like, uh, your favorite movie of the past year or some other generic bullshit. And one of those movies that, quote-unquote, won was a Johnny Depp movie no one has ever (laughs) seen because it wasn't even released in theaters. In case you don't know that fan culture is toxic. Those are, like, two amazing examples.
0: If you judge whether a movie is good or not, based on whether people you disagree with politically like the creative team as people, (sighs) then that's not the way you should be judging your movie. If you're sitting around going, Oh, a bunch of outspoken ladies don't like Johnny Depp. Therefore, I like Johnny Depp. Therefore, (laughs) this movie I haven't seen should win a made-up Oscar. That'll show them uh find a car walk in front of it this is how did this become for uh, two years ago on this show you were the one who was complaining about superhero movies and i'm the one i was the one being like they're good it's fun we're in a golden age and now i'm an angry person telling people to kill themselves what happened i moved to la i got cynical this is west coast john
1: Yeah, this is West Coast John. I thought everyone was supposed to be sunny in L.A.
0: That's just what we depict with movie magic. In reality, we're all sitting around telling people to get hit by cars.
1: That's fun, because you have plenty of It's a driving city. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, should we grade Thor, colon, love ampersand thunder i'll
0: grade the love separate from the thunder (laughs) (laughs) uh no no yeah let's grade. let's grade this fucker
1: all right three two one c plus
0: plus. (gasps) you know what no no this movie doesn't doesn't deserve to break up our system i'm bumping mine down to a c fuck you thor (laughs) wow i still like the character of thor and i still love chris Hemsworth's performance
1: I love funny Chris Hemsworth. He's great. He is a delight. He is a delight. He's so funny. He was so good in the Lady Ghostbusters movie that only I enjoyed. (laughs)
0: Uh, And you know what? I think it's cute that he got a role for his daughter. And if the movie was good, I'd be like, that's so sweet. And I think it's cool that Taika Waititi gave his fan favorite character more lines. And if the movie was good, I would think that was cool. There are a lot of things in this movie that I would think was cool if they came together well.
1: I just really needed that third beat of the Matt Damon thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well there were that was in the uh post-credit scene but actually not the post-credits of this movie you had to watch this movie watch the credits and then watch the credits of a different movie playing in the theater and then you would see the post-credits post-credits scene that had Matt Damon.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh oh, I guess we forgot to uh talk about this post-credit scene. And or the zeus one the one where zeus summons his son hercules played by roy fucking kent from ted lasso is that fan service that can be the casting even if it's happening i
0: think that's the casting i don't know what i don't know anything about the marvel character of hercules
1: i don't either i did not know there was a marvel character i thought that that Copyright belonged to the Greeks. Well, at a certain point, <laughs> I
0: think uh, Marvel uh, uh, just took every religion that existed that's not Christianity, and even a little bit of Christianity with their devil, uh, their devil character, but every other religion, they're just like, those are actually powerful aliens, and they're superheroes now.
1: Wow, that's, I that's wish. dark.
0: why isn't Jesus in the MCU?
1: I mean, give it a few phases. <laughs> you thought my dad—you
0: thought my dad was uh, God, but actually, my dad comes from the planet Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me down here to fight Thanos.
1: <laughs> the only way I would enjoy an MCU Hercules movie is if they just. I don't know, re-release the Disney Hercules from 1997. But they
0: like deep faked uh, uh, Roy Kent's face onto the character?
1: (laughs) No, just re-release it. Just call it a Marvel movie. That seems to do good in theaters. But just, I feel like at the time when the that Hercules movie came out, it was kind of, it semi-bombed. It didn't do super well. What. And I think it's really good. It has some of the best songs in Disney cartoons, I think. I, and it deserves a second look. I
0: feel like if Disney and Marvel re-released the animated movie Hercules, added a Marvel Studios production logo at the beginning, just played the whole movie in full, new, no yeah. alterations, but then in the last scene... Samuel L. Jackson appears and goes, Hello, everyone. I'm going to explain to you now how we're going to incorporate the X-Men into the MCU. I feel like a sizable amount of the Marvel fanboys would go, Perfect movie. Perfect movie. So good. So good. I, this is beat. Uh, please I'm do not, that, I'm not Kevin Feige. I'm not winning over any new followers on this episode. Maybe no, we should sure do hashtag not. MCU when we when we uh, uh, upload this one.
1: <laughs> oh, we gotta, we gotta. Maybe we'll get some people with our snark.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh uh Veronica, you seen anything else good this week? Or a couple weeks? Uh
1: yes, let me tell you, John. Uh I have seen a weirdo uh art. A commentary movie called Flux Gourmet, uh, by the guy who made Duke of Burgundy.
0: Mm, I like that movie, uh, and it was
1: it was super fun and delightful. Uh, Flux Gourmet. I think it m- might be playing somewhere, maybe near you if you're in a big city. Check it out if it is. Uh, I. Rewatch the good Drew Barrymore Adam Sandler movies while being very hungover. Those would be Fifty First Dates and The Wedding Singer. And The Wedding Singer is better than I expected. Wow! Some parts of Fifty First Dates did not hold up at See, all. I, that's what I—that's I, what I was
0: <laughs> going to say. I loved The Wedding Singer as a kid, and I—I I bet it would for the most part hold up. I did not like Fifty First Dates.
1: I really liked Fifty First Dates, but the all the Rob Schneider stuff is very cringe.
0: Is he an employee uh, wa- at the resort?
1: He is a friend of Adam Sandler who it's never actually Revealed how they know each other, who is married to uh, a big woman who is only revealed at the end of the like the last scene. And he has a ton of kids who make fun of him and a fake eye. Uh, Good. It, it, Good. Yeah. Good stuff. It's, it's, cool. it's, it's, it's truly bizarre. Uh, I have seen the movie Men, which oh. I am glad exists, uh, even though I enjoyed only parts of it i guess <laughs> but i i did have a very fun viewing experience with a bunch of teenagers who were not who were very confused about the movie uh so that was very fun and i re-watched the beatles get back and Shaun of the dead both of which hold up very very well
0: so check those out gotcha did had i already seen men when we did our last episode i can't remember
1: Uh, I'm not sure. June 17th, I
0: saw Men in May, so I liked it. I did not love it. Not my favorite Alex Garland. Not my least favorite Alex Garland. I liked it. Yeah, that might be one where I respect more than I'm dying to rewatch. But yeah, (laughs) great performances. Creepy conceit. Um, yeah. Um, I saw... Amazing
1: special effects.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. I thought... Rory Calhoun's face on everyone's body was very well done.
1: And also other body parts, I guess. <laughs>
0: um, I, uh, had I already seen Top Gun Maverick when we did our last episode? I think so. Well, if not, I liked it. I thought it's really good. And I saw Top <laughs> yeah, Gun 1 for really the first fun. time, and I did not like it. So, no. don't know how that happened. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I also... Saw, so, uh, uh, just like you, some real art house movies. I saw Beavis and Butthead <laughs> do the universe,
1: <laughs> um, which is currently on
0: Paramount Plus. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe is great, it's really good. It is basically the plot of the first one wo- of the first Beavis and Butthead movie done again. But I, while this movie definitely has a lower uh, budget and doesn't try for some of the cinematic shots that the uh, uh, <laughs> surprisingly beautiful Beavis and Butthead Do America <laughs> is surprisingly very nice looking at times. Um, this movie is nice is nice looking as well. I think the uh, the new digital digital approximation of uh, um, Mike Judge's animation looks great. Um, but yeah, I think it's basically the same plot. They make a mistake where they think some woman's going to have sex with them. But the mistake this time is, I think, much funnier. I laughed a lot at Beavis <laughs> and Butthead Do, uh, Do the Universe. Check. Check it out. And then I also watched uh, uh, a, I watched a few. I caught up with a few horror movies that I should have seen by now but had not. I saw Crawl, Ooh. the movie about giant gators. It rules. Crawl's great. Check it out. It's about a dad and his college-age daughter, Trapped in the crawl space under a house in Florida that is uh, uh, rapidly flooding during a hurricane. And also, there are gators. Um, <laughs> it's not a perfect movie, uh, but there's some really fun, clever jump scares in it. I saw Train to Busan mm. finally. Uh, it's Ooh, good. People say it's good. Fun. It is good. It's a good zombie movie. Um, and then yeah. I finally, for the first time, saw Jennifer's body.
1: Oh man, that movie is so good. Don't say bad things about Jennifer's body.
0: Well, I'll say this. You that movie is just wrapped in a, a, a thick thicket of uh 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 aughts, try-hard uh edgelord comedy. And that stuff is a little tough to get over um because it is just constant. Uh, uh, it's that, like, um, like that art style thing where, uh, we say racial stuff really bluntly, um, but we don't say anything necessarily bad, but it kind of sounds bad, and that's kind of the joke. Uh, <clears throat> A lot of that. And they have a character named Ahmet, the foreign exchange student, who has zero dialogue. That's a joke. He <laughs> never talks. Um, <clears throat> stuff like that has aged poorly. Uh, they also open the movie with a reenactment of the um, uh, the terrible 2003, I believe, uh, northeast uh, 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 rock concert fire that killed hundreds of people, um, and they play it for laughs. <laughs> uh if you've seen the did you
1: see the uh the director's cut or
0: oh i saw the director's cut okay but it's only five minutes longer and i know that that bar fire is in both versions
1: no 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 it is it is it is is. i'm just curious
0: uh that that really took me out of the movie because i have seen that video of that fire um and they literally take shots because there's a video of a uh tv camera person who was in the bar in the nightclub when that fire started and they see Mm -hmm. the fire happening and the bar (laughs) the the jennifer's body reenacts some of that footage um and that video is one of the most horrific things i've ever seen in my life no joke it gave me nightmares for months so i was very surprised to see a reenactment done for laughs that being said uh there's a lot of really fun stuff in the movie and um the performances from the two li- two lead actresses are legitimately excellent. Megan Fox is wonderful in the movie. She should have uh uh she deserved much better than what Hollywood gave her after that film. But hey, there's still time. Yeah. Megan fox She's I said Megan I act Fox-ex-sance. like she's like ancient. She's like probably like <laughs> 38. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think she's barely
0: older than we are. (laughs) By the way, let me me see. What are the chances she's actually younger than me?
1: I don't think she's younger than you. But maybe. I would be
0: surprised. Megan Fox is... She is 87. That's 37. Sorry. She was born in 86. She is
1: 37. Oh, oh, she's barely older than us good for her one of us one of our generation make it in no she's 36 yeah she
0: was born
1: yep. in 1986 may 16th good for her i'm also looking yeah good for her and she dated david silver from 90210 for a very long time so that that that's a good one for us <laughs> fangirls
0: <laughs> cool 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 well what are, what's coming up? Are we going to be mean to another Marvel movie coming up? Or do we hopefully have something uh, else to talk about?
1: We might be mean. Well, hopefully we won't be. I don't anticipate. <laughs> no, actually we will be. Uh, we could be mean to a DC movie uh, with The Dark Knight Rises. Oh. Uh, we could be I mean to... I like The Dark to... Knight Rises
0: much more than I other people.
1: <laughs> so that's an option. Uh, Road to Perdition. Where Tom Hanks never is mean to people. Uh, or we could be mean to Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which I only know from uh, that Disney ride. Or uh, we probably would be canceled if we are mean to E.T., the extraterrestrial.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. These are some interesting choices. Um, so... Sorry, let's not do Dark Knight Rises. We've done... Th- <laughs> two yeah. of our last three episodes have been superhero stuff. Um, Road to Perdition, also based on a comic book. Interesting fact. That's true. Um, I've never seen it. Um, then, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, I loved as a kid. It was it would play on Sunday morning movies every week on my local WB channel. And I had a big old crush on Kerry Russell. Which continues to this Ooh. day. She's a beautiful woman. Um, uh, she plays a babysitter in that movie. Um, wow. And E.T., I may have never seen all of E.T.
1: Wow. Dang. that's I love E.T. Oh. I mean, we could maybe do E.T. Well... Or, I mean, Road to Perdition I have seen, but only in theaters. So it's been literally 20 years. Well, we got some
0: good choices. <laughs> Keep checking your dial to see what we end up with. We'll be back in a couple weeks with one of those movies.
1: We will. 2 2. 2
0: 2 indeed. <laughs>